This call is being recorded. What's happening, everyone? Billy Floyd here, and we are chopping it up for another episode of Safe Talk. And I cannot get this thing going without my partner in crime, Jenny Hunter, <laughs> the star of the program. What the heck is happening? Oh, so much is happening, Billy. I and I know it is with you too, but this is the most important thing I do during the day is try to prevent suicide. So that is what is happening right now. You know what, Jenny? Wolf, I always feel locked in with you. We got a lot on our plate always, but the only plate that matters is the one we got right here right now, and that is the safe talk plate. We're going to chop things up. We have another great episode in store for everyone here listening. And don't forget, we still want to hear from you at all times, comments, questions, concerns, anything under the sun. We want you to be a part of what we got going on here. Safe talk. This is the vibe. And if you want to be a part of the program by reaching out, hit me up on every platform. I'm on Twitter Instagram with the handle at one Billy Floyd. You can email me at William period Floyd two one four at gmail.com. I make some TikToks here and there. So you can find me at one Billy Floyd as well, all over the place, everything, LinkedIn, you name it, Jenny, we're going crazy. Where can they find you as well? <laughs> they can find me on social media as well. All of those things you mentioned, well, maybe not TikTok. I have not mastered that yet. But um, at JR's Hunt for Life, my email is jlh35 at hotmail.com. Message me on any Facebook platform, Jenny Hunter, as well as JR's Hunt for Life support page and nonprofit page and our internet web page. So they can reach any of us. Pretty much any time, Billy. What do you think? Oh, any time, any place, whatever's going down, we're going to be there for the people, as always. You said it, Jenny. And now we're going to really dive into what we got going on here on this episode of Safe Talk, and that is seeing suicide. And I think, I mean, I love every topic wholeheartedly because every single topic plays a key role in suicide awareness and preventing and stopping suicide from happening. But this one in particular, I just really love because there's a story attached to it from back in our day, Jenny. And before we get into any of the story time or whatnot, let's get into, you know, what it is to see suicide. Because something that really stuck with me from way back in the day when we did our bits on the air at K2 Uh, Mm -hmm. was suicide is invisible. And that's kind of how suicide, you know, is dominant because it's really, really hard to see it. But there's a lot of things you can get into that will allow us to kind of recognize it and actually see it. But why don't you start off by kind of explaining more about how suicide is invisible and, you know, how it's just so hard to see. I would love to do that, Billy. You know, suicide 
and I'm going to coin this phrase, suicide gets its power from being invisible. The more it can stay invisible, the more it can keep you from talking and safe talking and getting help, the more deadly it becomes. And that is a true fact. As does depression, mental illness, other issues of life that remain unresolved and hidden, let's say like addiction or alcoholism or gambling addiction or any of these things, if they can remain invisible and silent, then they are going to suck the life right out of you, any of these things. So when we aren't looking for it, when we aren't, when we haven't learned what to see, when we aren't being uh, vigilant at knowing what we're seeing, then we're not going to see it and we're not going to be able to save lives. So the reason we talk about these things, Billy, is so that if someone is listening to this podcast, maybe someday they're going to see one of these things we'll be talking about and it will trigger their brain and they will think, oh, I need to pay attention Uh, Something may be going on here. I may be able to help this person. So that's what we're all about is bringing these things up and bringing them to people that that maybe they would never consider some of these things that they might see as being a deadly suicidal uh, ideation. But they are. They truly are. There's statistics on most of these things that we'll be talking about, and they are they do turn into suicidal ideation. So so let me give you some metaphors, and these are pretty funny. I'm sure I hope other people have had this happen to them, and it's not just me. <laughs> so, so let's say you're looking for something you can't find, but yet you walk by it every day. It's in plain sight. How many times, like at my work, I'm at my desk, I'm looking, looking, looking for like my stapler. I can't find my stapler. Where is my stapler? And I decide, calm down, sit back. I sit back. I look at it fresh, and there it is, right there in front of me. I mean, it's just amazing how that happens. And so, it, like, uh, like signs on the highways. How many times do you, do you drive a certain route? And there's all kinds of signs and advertisements, and you don't see them. And I. I learned this from we do billboards for JR's Hunt for Life. We put them around town in strategic places. And when it comes to me picking out a spot and they give me uh, certain places where these spots are to go look at them and see what I might want, I have never seen these billboards before. I have driven by these spots hundreds of times. I mean, I'm from here. I've lived here my whole life. Do you think I have seen any of these signs? No, I haven't. I'm just amazed at how uh, not observant that we all are. I mean, maybe you are more observant than me, but <laughs> but it, that's just a few examples. Oh, here's a good one. Um, I go to uh, a workout place every day, like, well, five days a week. And one day I walked in and I noticed some hanging lamps right over where you check in. You know, you put your card, you scan your card or whatever. And they were coming down from the ceiling and I'd never noticed them before. And I said to the girl that works there, I said, wow, I really like these new lamps. And she smiled at me and goes, uh, they've been here since we built this building. 
like, okay, all righty. And now I have another example. I know you love listening to my examples, but I know I'm not the only one. So I have worked at a certain place for years, and I just noticed one morning that there was a hand soap dispenser uh, beside the sink in the restroom. I'm thinking, huh, hmm, how long has this been there? Because uh, there's also a dispenser for hand sanitizer, which I usually use. And I'm thinking, how long has this been here? And I asked someone, well, of course, that had been there since forever, too, since before I started working. (laughs) I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And now that I'm talking on the phone, how many times have we been talking on the phone, but yet we're looking for our phone? (laughs) I know you've done that, Billy. Come on. I know you've done it. I think one of the most classic that I've ever done (laughs) is looking for my sunglasses while they're on my face. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's just ridiculous. I'm I'm scrambling. I'm trying to leave my house. It's a bright, sunny day. Where the heck are my sunglasses? Where are my shades? Meanwhile, they're just sitting on my face. And then I'm like, and why does it look so dark in here? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. These metaphors yeah. are perfect. I could listen to you talk to these all night. <laughs> well, and that's just, that's just, I'm trying to point out that you know, we assume suicide can never happen, like to the ideal person, straight-A student, athlete, pastor, lawyer, wealthy people. So we're not even, we're not paying any attention to it. We're not watching for it. We're not observing things. It's, we, we just don't even think that would, ever, that would ever happen, but it does. It happens to any human anywhere, no matter your lot in life, your education, your wealth your race, anything. It can happen to anyone, and we need to be, I mean, not necessarily watching and be paranoid about it, but be observant and be um, caringly vigilant uh, with everyone, no matter who they are, because suicide is invisible, and that is how it gains its power, and I know it firsthand because of you know, I've mentioned before, I'm a first responder for victim services, and I've been to all ages, all um, ethnicities, uh, genders. It, it doesn't matter. It 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 truly does not matter. Suicide doesn't doesn't think. Well, I'm only going to pick girls today, or I'm only going to pick people that make over a hundred thousand a year today. No. Suicide does not care. It is invisible. It is insidious. And we need to be vigilant at watching uh, for what is going on around us and the people that are around us. You know, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in our country, in the United States. And in some uh, instances, it is the number one cause of death, depending upon your age group or your ethnicity and things like this. So once we understand that it is here and that it is in our communities, then we can all work together to save lives. And seeing it is just one of the ways that we can do that, right? I mean, are you ready to start seeing it? I 
I couldn't agree more with with all of this, and I it always just gives me chills down my spine knowing that suicide is the tenth leading cause of death because it, it just it just shouldn't be that high at all. And what we do here is such an important task that needs to be done and the things that we say and the advice and pointers and information that you give it is so so important jenny so this stuff really hits home and when you i like how you talked about how this could happen to anyone you know it's not always going to be the people that you assume aren't happy like it could happen and you see it happen to superstar athletes who maybe retired from the game and maybe a couple of years down the line, they don't know how to handle themselves and, and they mm-hmm. overdose right. or they just, they get rid of all of it because they don't know how to live. You know, so many mm-hmm. people who could be a well-claimed teacher or a coach or anybody, you have right. no idea. It's so important that you check in with your friends, you check in with your loved ones. Like we kind of talked about this when we were doing our stigma episode, Jenny, of, you know, maybe someone like myself or you, you know, there's there might be a stigma of like, oh, you know, that person's just happy all the time. That person is just so lucky. That person has everything go their way. And, you know, maybe we create our own luck, if you will, through always, you know, pursuing our passion and persevering. But like, like, that doesn't mean like we don't have struggles. That doesn't mean we don't have hard days and hard weeks so it's like Mm -hmm. you're all human we all go through sadness pain maybe not like full-on depression but depressed moments and and sad encounters so it's just so critical to just not assume that not everyone can be a part of this it's unfortunate that anybody could take their life but we got to be cognizant of anyone could be in this boat and something that you've said to me and and you sent it in in our note sheet here that I really love is you can't fake depression and and nobody would fake depression like there's just there's just no point like if you're a happy individual you're just not going to fake being sad or upset because like when your life is so good you're going to ride that high but but People do fake happiness. And with that being said, I have a great quote that I want to share. This is from my grandfather, and it, it relates to this a little bit, and I just love it, and I want it to be on this podcast. And the quote is, having a positive attitude isn't pretending that everything is good. It's seeing the good in everything. How do you like that yeah. quote? I love that quote because that's very hopeful. That's a very hopeful quote. And as we talk about hope, we know that hope can save us from suicide, right? And if you're seeing the good in everything, then you're then you're hoping, right? That's what I'm getting. I that's exactly what it is because, you know, say, you know, you, you say you try to create some kind of video or say you have an idea or say you try to talk to somebody that you are interested in meeting or getting to know. And 
it doesn't happen, right? Like the person you went up to was just kind of weird. The video that you made, nobody really gave it enough respect. Whatever happens. If you see the good in that and it's like, wow, this didn't work. Okay, so if this didn't work, you know, it happened for a reason. So let me try something else. And then, boom, that next thing that you try, that next person you say hello to, that's going to be someone that can help you. That next video, that next project after you had failed will be a hit because you went into the next opportunity with the positive outlook. You know, maybe, maybe it's a rainy day. And most people would be like, oh, crap, it's so rainy. Like, jeez, like, oh, man. <laughs> why would you have that outlook when you can just be like, wow, okay, it's a rainy day. Let's see the good in everything. And let's read uh, an insightful book that can help my mindset flourish. Like, you can mm-hmm. always adjust. And in any situation, you can see the good. Now, maybe in certain situations, it can be really hard to see the good, but there's still good in every situation. You could always turn a negative into a positive. And to go back to the original saying of how you don't really fake depression, but you can really fake happiness. Can you kind of help me understand, like, how can you tell? Can you even tell when someone's faking it? Like if someone, maybe someone's really good, just like faking being happy, like, and you just think like they're happy. Like, how do you know, like, okay, something's a little fishy here. Like, I don't know if they're okay. Like, I think this could be them pretending. Like, is there a way to indicate that, Jenny? Well, you know, I think that the more we watch a person, the more we pay attention to the person, we're gonna we're gonna learn and know their personality. Now that that's speaking about someone that you know for a while that you see a lot, like someone at work and someone that you're around daily or quite often. Um, <clears throat> but you know, people are good fakers, and that's an, that's that's what I mean by saying that suicide is invisible, because they can fake it when suicide is being actually the stronger underlying uh, part of them and being invisible. But on the surface, they're, they're, they're faking their happiness, they're faking contentment. Um, and the reason they fake those things is they don't want anybody to know. They don't, there's a stigma connected to it. There is, you know, all these things connected to uh, mental illness or depression or addiction. Now, by the way, they, people don't fake addiction. I mean, I, I, I've never known anyone to do it, and I don't know why you would, or alcoholism, or, you know, how, how do you fake a divorce? You know, I mean, why would people fake these things that uh, are not um, good things in their life unless they unless they're working towards some attention but that's a negative attention getting so so most people aren't going to do that because they don't want a negative attention and they don't want a stigma and they don't and so so that's how we're going to go through some of these things that we're going to try and cause you to see that may mean that there's some hidden underlying suicide 
ideation going on. And, you know, even if you don't know for sure, even if you can't see through it, there's going to be a time usually when that person lets go, lets down, lets it show in some fashion, some way, somehow. And if you're lucky enough to be around to see that, then then you then you know and you're able to talk to them about it. But the faking things happens every day, everywhere. And what we need to do is see things as they really are, to see that person how they really are. And you're going to watch their uh, expressions, their facial expressions, their body language, all those different kinds of things, and you put that all together kind of in a in a little package. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I can kind of intuitively kind of pick up on that. Like if somebody's faking happiness, I, I don't know. I kind of get this feeling. I can't explain it. But it's like, no, this isn't the real deal. This is not the real deal. Because something is giving it away, either it's their body language or they're not smiling, but they're trying to fake that they're happy, they're content, and or, or they'll say it kind of weakly, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm okay. I'm good. You know, they don't have to necessarily be laughing or joking or anything like that, but they can just say, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, that is, that's not a good answer. That I mean, that is not a good answer. So... Some of the things, do you mind if I go through some of the things that we could be watching for and we can see? Is that okay with you? Go for it. Let's do it. Okay. And um, so I'm going to say one of them is isolation. And when a person is depressed and, and or not feeling well and or using drugs or whatever the case may be, they isolate. And the longer a person isolates, uh, the more at risk they are. Now, I have a relative that um, had depression, had some mental illness, but a functioning person just like you or me that had some depression and things like that, but they started isolating, started isolating in their home. And in there, they would pull all the curtains closed, and they would make it dark. And it it was it was very foreboding, very foreboding. And and I saw it, I saw it. And I think if any of the listeners or you were to see a person that was isolating, and you were invited into their house, and they had all the shades pulled, and it was dark, and things like that. Wouldn't that kind of give you an odd feeling, like maybe something is going on? What do you think? Definitely, not even a question. Yeah, so so that did happen, and uh, with that relative, I had uh, I asked if it was okay if I did some things, switched some things up. So I I took off the dark shades, I made the house lighter. Um, painted the walls a white color instead of a dark color, just certain things to brighten it up uh, because moodiness likes darkness. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, in the negative connotation, moodiness likes darkness. I mean, uh, they kind of gravitate towards the darkness and maybe um, 
now I'm talking about being in a depressed mood or whatever. It's like it's dark songs, dark music, dark clothes, dark houses, things like that. Um, I've seen that too. And so on the other end of the spectrum, there are mood swings, which are like from anger to happy to anger to frustration. I mean, mood swings are usually a pretty good indicator that there's some sort of mental illness going on, anxiety, that type of thing, and especially if you know the person and you've never notice mood swings and all of a sudden there's some mood swings. So a lot of this we're going to talk about is going to be if you know a person and you know their behavior and it starts changing and you notice it's changing and you're seeing it change, then you know something's up. You may not know exactly what, but you know something is up. And that that um, at that point would be the point where you would ask them if they're considering taking their life. Are they that sad? Are they that angry? Um, and it's up to each person to weigh that out as they see these changes in people. Um, sometimes you don't feel that it's that foreboding, and sometimes you do. So it, it is up to the person to make that call I mean, we're not perfect individuals, but we do know when we see something different. I mean, have you ever noticed any of your friends, maybe their behavior changes or their moods change? Have you ever noticed that? Oh, 100% for sure. And it's it's hard because, you know, mostly for, I mean, not to make it, a, you know, a male-female thing, but you know, quite often for for young men, you know, gentlemen, it's hard to talk about their emotions because there's this stupid stigma that like, oh, you know, manly men, you know, don't talk about their emotions. Like if mm-hmm, men cry, yeah. or men open up about what's happening, like they're weak and they're supposed to be these strong, brolic, barbaric forces. It's like, Get the heck out of here with that mumbo-jumbo bullcrap. Like, that is literally, I mean, I've seen a lot of stupid things in this world, but that's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. I mean, come (laughs) on, yo. Like, we're human beings. Like, if every time, every single time I've been going through something and I talked to a special safe person of mine, I felt better instantly, literally instantly felt better. And within the next right. couple of days and weeks of taking action, I, I, I recovered and I, and I elevated and I moved on and I grew like I've seen so many of my friends, you know, I have a lot of uh, men and women who are in my life, but specifically when we're talking about some fellas here, I know plenty of fellas that clearly were going through stuff, clearly not having it. And fortunately for me and my relationships, I'm pretty good at getting people to open up and I'm really good at at talking with people and and people trust me. I'm a safe person for a lot of people, but there's certain Mm -hmm. individuals that just literally like clearly they're going through something 
and I'm and I'm like, yo, I'm here for you. Like, is everything all right? Because their mood is not right. Their vibes are different. Their actions are just all over the place. And it's like, oh, it's a shame when that happens because you just want to help. And, like, no one's going to – you're not going to be embarrassed if you say that you're going through a hard time. Like, we all have been there in our own world. So it's unfortunate. But, oh, my gosh, I've seen so many people here and there just – you know, totally change and totally go through a, a tough break. But, you know, instead of getting help, they just kind of wear it on their sleeve and it's very evident. But, you know, that's just how life is. But to answer your question, 100%, I've I've seen plenty of people's mood change. And, you know, you can only do so much, but you got to be up front. And then at the end of the day, they got to be the ones that have to save themselves and they have to open up. So we can only hope that they do so eventually. Right. And that's, that's, that is the point of this podcast right now is seeing those things. You're not necessarily hearing anything. You're not sitting back and waiting for something to happen. You are seeing those things. And that's what we're trying to drive home with these are that you're seeing them and you might not have suicide in the front of your mind thinking, oh, you know, where everything you see is that. But as we talk about it and as our listeners hear us saying this, this may cause them to, when they see something like a mood swing or a behavior change or isolation, there's a lot more we're going to talk about. But when they see those things, they're going to think, oh, I think those is, this is one of those things they were talking about on the podcast. And that now's the time I need to pay attention. And that, that's our whole point in doing this Safe Talk series is that we're trying to bring some recognition, some, some, something in your head that's going to stick that you can see things, hear things, uh, and know, you know, as you go through life. And you're going to remember what we talked about, just maybe a bit or a piece, but it's enough to save a life, let me tell you. It, it, and I just love, love, love what a uh, German therapist said that I talked about a couple of programs ago, that suicide, there is a cure for suicide, and it is you, and it is me. We are the cure for suicide. All we have to do is see it, hear it, pay attention to it, Say something, ask the question. I mean, it's just it's it's not a, it's not it's not a program by step by step by step because it doesn't happen that way. It happens when you see it. It happens when you hear it. So you have that opportunity to step in and save a life. And have we talked about ask the question yet? Have we talked about that yet on our program? I don't. I don't think we have, honestly. I don't, I don't, I don't, and I think, I think with us running out of time, we can even start with that to begin the next episode. How does that sound? Sure, sure. Let's do that. Because there's, there's a whole bunch more to seeing it, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, we, we have so much more, and I want to tell a little story next time as well, and I want to get more into the warning signs, because like I said before, every topic that we talk about has a very high level of importance, but for, for me, and I think you can agree too, 
everything we talk about here in terms of seeing it and the warning signs, this is like the cream of the crop, hone in on this stuff, because this is how you like destroy the idea of suicide before it could actually happen, because you've got to be aware of what it looks like, how it's, you know, plain in plain sight, and right. we're just going to keep spreading this word and, and doing it up. So next time on Safe Talk, we're going to continue this conversation on seeing it and warning signs tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this podcast, we are so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Jenny, you're a rock star on the show, and we love all of our listeners. We love you guys so much. And, Jenny, thank yes, you for letting me be a part of this movement. Oh, Billy, thank you so much for being a part of it. You're my best, best, best friend. <laughs> and best, we will be talking to We'll be talking to everybody really, really soon. soon. Thank you, Billy. Bye.